0: Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book
1: girls! I wore my shirt for you, Vonnie.
2: (gasps) I like big books (laughs) and I cannot lie. I do like big books.
3: I like big books and I cannot lie.
2: All you brothers, other brothers
3: made. Oh my God. Oklahoma city today. What was the total? 4,700 and some cases in one day. Normally our average has been around 1500 to
2: 2000. Well, two thousand. We just broke two thousand last week, and we broke a record. That was a
3: record breaker. Then the
2: day after, we had
3: nineteen hundred, and that's been it's been holding at that for a couple of days now. Today, Mm. what's the total? Well, I didn't didn't four thousand seven hundred and some odd cases in one day. Oh my, almost five thousand.
1: Yeah, hold
2: on, forty-seven, forty-one, four thousand seven hundred and forty-one. New COVID-19 cases and nine new deaths, which the deaths are actually lower because we've been in the yeah. teens and 20s all yeah. week. It's been, I mean, it was
3: 22 the other day, which is like the highest it's yeah. been. And then it's been like 18 and then 20 and then 11 and then nine. But we've had mm. deaths every single day. Whew. And after Man. standing in line with those people,
2: you because know, people don't want to wear, don't wear their there masks. There were,
3: there were maybe one percent. So out of hundred to one hundred and fifty people in line, no, it wasn't even. Yeah, there there were like five people in a mask. Me and my husband and two other
1: people were the only people wearing masks. I was like, it was like that in Texas when we went. Luckily, we didn't have to stand in line, but nobody else there voting. Even the poll workers, none of them had. But they were like, oh, here, make sure that you sanitize um, the the little thing that you touch the screen sorry. with, like really you want me you're worried about the stylist but you're not worried about breathing and all okay yeah i was in line
3: for an hour and a half with those people
1: we were we didn't even have to wait in a line but we did early voting so
3: well i should have done early voting but i would have had to drive clear down to Chickasha to do that Which is, you know, 25 miles in the opposite direction of where I would normally go. Now, we do have to talk about the elephant in the room just briefly, though. We're not going to go on about it because I'm sure people know what's going on in the country right now. And we're just going to hit on it briefly because after this, uh, after we do our podcast today, we're going to get on our tribe page and do ourselves a little...
1: Sort of debriefing. Yeah. De- debriefing. Debriefing. <laughs> de-briefing
3: We're uh, going to have us a little political
2: talk. Yes.
3: Get it all talk out. a little bit about politics. For us. And that way you guys don't, you know, I understand that the nation is divided. It's very deeply divided. And not all of our book girls agree with us on politics. So, sure. you know, I am going to say congratulations to president elect Biden and the very first woman, vice president so that's pretty freaking cool yeah I'm very excited about that it's very yeah. nice congratulations guys and let's hope that our nation can pull together and begin to heal I just want I think to that's the, to,
1: the really good thing to uh, like you said not all of our book listeners and book girls agree but just like we don't all agree on the same types of books we don't have to agree on everything to have that understanding with each other
2: and to right? get along that
1: Exactly. Exactly.
2: It's kind of like um, one of my very Republican friends posted something on Facebook, not like totally mean or anything, just something about how, you know, the Democrats basically calling out the Republicans. And I, you know, text back or message back, you know, well, I can say the same thing about my Republican friends. It's all about understanding and acceptance. That's the only way that we're going to get any kind of peace in this world. I I mean you just have to be accepting of what your other fellow Americans believe. I think that if the message had been less negative and hateful
3: for 4 years, I I would have been able to deal with the differences a lot more easily, but there was just too much, too much. Right. You know, with I I think that we've all had a belly full and it's time to find something good. I mean, we we are in hell over here. With, you know, almost 5,000 new cases in Oklahoma, for crap's sakes. Ugh.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: in one day. I think we need to, like, stop it. We've already got it bad enough. We don't need to have it any worse. So,
2: What was that you said a few weeks ago? We need to unplug American, plug it back in again? Yeah. Have you tried <laughs> turning
3: it off and turning it back on again? That's exactly what we're doing. We're turning it off and turning it back on again and see if maybe we can get a different direction going.
2: Yeah. Well, I know this yeah. whole election thing has made this one of the longest weeks ever. It seems like this week has just never ended, mm-hmm. was never ending because, and I don't know about anybody else, but Halloween is kind of like Christmas to me. Like when me November too. starts, used to be. I like have Halloween hangover <laughs> every year. I like, I can't find any books that I want to read. I just, I'm tired. I'm like, bleh. I don't want to do any such a
3: usually such a fun time for us as book girls too. Well, it still wasn't this yeah. year. It was fun. We had a really good time this year because like I said, we were able to get together mm-hmm. just a few of us, you know. And that was really fun and doing the doing the horror books all month seems to have that festive feel to it as well
2: that's why I compared it to Christmas because you know all all month I'm like you know (laughs) I'm like neck deep into horror and like people are decorating their desk we're having Halloween get-togethers safe get-togethers get-togethers And then November hits and it's like, uh, okay, now what do we do?
3: We got a whole month. Now, what do we do before we can really start celebrating Christmas? What the hell am I going to read now? (laughs) Something about a turkey?
2: (laughs) I don't think so. You know what?
3: We haven't uh, introduced our guest today. Donna Peck is from our Facebook tribe. Well, she's not from our Facebook tribe. She's from the Book Girl tribe. She's been listening to the podcast for a while now and is on the call every Friday night. And finally, I'm like, Donna, I think it's time. It's time for you to be on. (laughs) So welcome, Donna.
0: Thank you. I'm very excited. I mean, I've been listening to you guys, seems like three or four years, and it never occurred to me that I would ever be on the show. woo woo! highlight of my year not that this has been an outstanding year you I know mean, the bar was pretty low but it's
3: still- <laughs> well we're glad that we barely made it above <laughs>
0: covid and in the
3: top
2: 10 election
3: yeah. it's getting better yeah it is getting better it's a good day um there were a lot of october books that i put on my wish list i put on on hold thinking you know oh yeah i'm not sure if i'm gonna find the one so i just kept reading them and I've had three or four come in this last week when I knew already what I was going to review. So it's like,
2: uh, You're like, nope. October's over.
3: October's over. <laughs>
2: Damn it. It's time to ghost you. I kind of got a little burnt out
1: on, which is unusual for me on the the weird twisted stuff but i mean my
2: adult <laughs> contemporary still had murder in it but still
3: <laughs> well, murder's one thing that's always around it's the weird stuff that yeah i are... mean you
2: reading a murder book is like me reading a war book you yeah. know what's gonna happen eventually yeah i guess it wasn't murder i mean death
1: i don't know it had death in it so
2: but for the holidays
1: are we going to have to read Christmas themed books? I absolutely no. refuse to read Christmas books. So if you guys want to read Christmas
2: books, oh, you go God. right ahead no. because that is not going to be me. There's only been a I was couple to say. I almost cou- all
0: romance for one thing.
2: Yeah. Usually if I yeah, read I a could Christmas get on board book, with. well, I make it? it if usually if I read a Christmas book, it's a weird one like Hark uh, the Herald's Angel Scream. Yeah. I read that one year. And The Stupidest Angel. <laughs> the Stupidest... Yeah. And I read that one that was... Um, uh, the Three Wise Men. What if the th- one of the three wise men weren't actually... On a pilgrimage to uh, see Jesus, and they were really running from the law. <laughs> I will say this last year, when Vonnie, when you reviewed the, the
1: Heart the Herald Angel Screenbook, mm-hmm. we had a really, really good idea for some holiday themed condoms, and we never capitalized on it. I know, why that that I'm disappointed in us.
2: Well, you know, I still have the patterns for the penis warmers that we can we can crochet up and put on etsy oh see or like just we do, do, do just like sell them on our we website to. yeah you know i've
3: heard it's going to be a cold winter we might need those penis warmers
2: we need some little penis warmers or some big you ones you know martha
1: you, hmm? you yeah? s- huh? Martha said, hold on a sec and got up. I thought she was going to, like, go grab some holiday food <laughs> condoms to show us. And you just came back with nothing, and now I'm really disappointed. No, it was hot in here, and I turned the
3: fan on. All the talk uh, about the,
2: the penis, penis warmers made her ma- warm. It always makes
3: me hot, so, you know, I had to go turn, <laughs>
2: turn on the fan. But, but here's the thing with the <laughs> penis warmers. What about the balls? I know, I know they have their own sack, but they get cold, too, right? Well, depends on if you're
3: a member of that, uh, you know, that tribe up in. Oh, maybe we they talked don't have about any balls. Left. Left. <laughs> they don't have any balls left. They have them <laughs> taken off, and somebody ate them for lunch.
1: Well, maybe you could have, maybe you could have a sack hammock option attachment. Where you just I couldn't. To kind of... could have a penis warmer with a little hammock attached. The
0: sack hammock is hilarious. Yeah. A sack hammock. Well, what about the guy last week with the two penises? What does he do?
2: I would have to special order his. See? We'd yeah. have to special so make to it. Made. I was yeah, going to yeah, say probably. custom make,
3: not special order.
2: Custom make. Come on. There you go. Cust- he would have to special order his double penis warmer with me. Would that... It'd be kind of like you a we Would you have to do a personal fitting? What about the one with, <laughs> with the grapes? <laughs> I was just thinking that he's got to send measurements. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, I'm going to need some measurements and uh, some photos. Here's here's another valid (laughs) question. What? I think we have to, we also have to ask too,
1: do you need measurements with when it's flaccid and erect, or are you going to make it stretchy? How do, I mean... You that's know? true. Well, because you could it's,
3: make it like an accordion style, you know, so that it's, it's yeah, ruched. Like, you know, the ruching.
2: Yeah, but that's a little yeah. difficult to do when you're crocheting without it getting too bulky. It's not a substitute for a condom. No, no, <laughs> it's just to Ooh, keep that it, would it warm. Be, oh, I don't think you'd want to yeah. use that as a condom. But if you, you need a warmer, you thinking. have to
1: account for shrinkage, guys. There you could make. So we would have to put a disclaimer on it too, because you know some knucklehead would try to use it as a condom and then they would like dial us up and be like yo my girl's three months pregnant you guys i'm gonna sue you because it's like uh uh-uh. yeah so we probably need to write up that disclaimer real quick
3: <laughs> okay rachel that's up to you you got to write the disclaimer i shall because Va- i don't want bonnie I- can do the actual crocheting you can be the disclaimer person uh, mm-hmm. donna can can work on the graphics for that donna put together the new graphics for our tribe Thank you very much, Donna. That was a fantastic job.
0: And now I can't you... wait to Google that clip art.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that we could go with a gnome theme, and the hat could be the little penis thing, and the gnome face could be for the ball sack. Hey, little cheeks. I like that. Yeah, and put a little nose in the middle. Okay, draw
3: that up. I think we should do it. The whole gnome, gnome thing seems to be a bit of a theme with us these days. Maybe we should have a Christmas shirt, Donna. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> we need a little I gnome.
3: <laughs> I needed more notes, but I'll get to
0: work on it.
2: And then you could do a tie string, kind of like, uh, you me- You remember your nose warmer that I made you last yeah, year? Yeah, I mean, it could be the same thing. <laughs> she made me a nose a warmer. Nose.
3: Yeah, she made me a nose warmer last year. It was like this little round piece that goes over your nose, and then it had strings where you tie it behind your head actually it went like around your ears or went around my ears i i have a substantial nose and I, it I gets have, cold. I have questions
1: what I have questions what? um a why have i never seen this b isn't that what scarves are for but what if you don't want all that bulk this, this around Fashion accessory
2: yeah or you want to be able to talk no and... y- yeah i mean uh, okay. doing a okay. remote why okay? don't i have one
3: I can make I you one. I when I was a little kid. I oh. remember it
0: was orange with a big blue, blue you know, ball on the front. Yeah, top.
3: there you go. It's sort of like, you know, the muffs that you used to have put your hands in. Those were the best. Oh, I love those things because your hands could keep each other warm
2: inside the little muff. I didn't like the muffs. I love the muffs. The muffs were the best. How do you make a snowball if you have a fucking muff? You can't. Well, yeah, you can, and then you put your hands back inside the muff. But then your hands are cold when you're making the snowballs. Ugh! Listen, the muff would be on the snow on the snowdrift, and I'd be off somewhere else. You're just too tomboyish for a muff, I guess. I
3: I never liked making snowballs. My hands got too cold. Hmm. I was a big old pussy. See.
1: you guys you guys are doing this all wrong when it's winter time you stay inside with hot chocolate and books (laughs) there's no outside playing that's not that doesn't happen well
2: now i don't know i kind of like the snow to tell you the truth i like the snow too as long as it's not blown sideways when it's not a- even when I was a kid
1: my parents would be like oh do you guys want to go outside and play and my sisters would get all dressed up and I'd be like no because I have to put a snowsuit on and it's going to be cold and then I'm going to get hot and sweaty and want to take it off and then I'm going to come in and I'm going to be too hot and I no, I was very a very persnickety child I was like mm, I don't do outside things I just can't imagine that Rachel
3: just can't imagine oh I know right because yeah.
2: I'm so easygoing now <laughs> 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 yeah
3: i don't think on, on second thought about the nose warmer i don't know i just don't think it's a good year for it
2: what the nose warmer yeah because people will misconstrue what it is it's not a mask well you can't use the nose warmer with a mask that would be i mean your mask is going to protect that's what your i'm saying nose. it's it's
1: not a good year for it it's a bad year for the nose warmer. i'm just going to tell you right now if you have a big red nose warmer on my mind is going straight to ball gag that's where
3: it's going. <laughs> oh, my God. Rachel, you are even worse in
2: your mind than I am. And I never thought I would say that to
3: anybody. So that
2: means oh. Rachel's uh, nose warmer is going to be very red. With a stripe of black across it <laughs> that attaches to the earpieces that are both going to be black, too, so it looks even more like a ball gag. Yeah, just make sure Go. that
3: they're vinyl, you know, that you can make it. The the round part can be crocheted, but you have to put the straps on well, as a vinyl.
2: I'll stuff it so that it looks more round. I mean, not that I know what a ball gag looks like.
3: <laughs> or, or anything. <laughs> No, no.
2: (laughs) Donna's sitting there
3: thinking, oh, I guess my teenage daughter's not listening to this episode. I'm glad
0: my mother isn't alive to
1: hear this. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is, and she listens.
3: (laughs) Oh, my God. Rachel's mom, I hope I get
1: to meet you someday
3: and that you don't slap my face. (laughs)
1: Or you can, she's worse than me after I'd started having sex and different things. She's like, listen, all I'm saying is that you're going to, you should probably sleep with whoever you're with before. Just be smart about it. But she's like, you don't, you don't want to put, put the down payment on that thing without (laughs) knowing
3: (laughs) that everything works. Make sure to drive it well first. See how it's going to,
1: you know, how it'll take the roads here's how condoms work here's your birth control don't be an idiot but
3: <laughs> well I was a mom like that here's I mean, your condoms I was. honey at 14 and Ron's like oh my god I just found condoms in Dylan's bathroom and I'm like <laughs> that was me
1: yeah hopefully he's using them right like, let's, <laughs> let's call it what it is
2: I didn't buy Tyler condoms but I asked him if he knew where to buy them himself and he said oh yeah And from when I cleaned his room when he moved out, I found lots of condom wrappers. So I know that he was having safe sex at least. Dude, throw those things away. Come on. Ron, Ron come in. Just the wrappers, not the actual. I mean, if there were condoms in there, I would have said something to him about them. Like, are you fucking kidding me?
3: (laughs) No, he's fucking.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to do the fucking, you're going to have to pick up the mess.
1: I mean, but isn't that what they're for? They're a nice receptacle for after you take it off, you stick it in and you, I mean, no, that's-,
3: then you, that's like, oh no, no, that's like putting the, no, you can't get everything back in there without making a huge mess. Gross. Yeah, you can. Oh, well, I guess I don't use condoms that often, but it still sounds like a terrible
2: idea. I don't know that I've ever done that, but I don't see why you couldn't. Hmm. No, I'm telling, oh, I'm telling you, the park. I'm what, telling you from what, experience.
1: What'd you say, Donna?
0: <laughs> tell that to the people at the park I go to.
1: <laughs>
2: Did ever oh, tell you that I found a, a condom wrapper in my apartment on the ground when I was walking the dog one time? She tried. Echo tried to eat it, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she was. Tra- she she wouldn't leave the thing alone. I'm like, oh, my God, get away from that. I mean, could you imagine if she caught an STD from a fucking condom that I found? That is oh. not a conversation I want to have with my vet. Ma'am,
3: how did your dog get gonorrhea? It's like, so uh,
2: your dog <laughs> has herpes. Can you explain? Yeah. <laughs> Me and my dog are very close. <laughs> oh, that's awful.
3: Okay, we gotta change the subject. Now that's just too gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I would never do that. Oh, thank God. Why don't we uh, why don't we pivot? pivot? Like in friends, pivot. Pivot!
2: Pivot! Yeah. pivot. <laughs> so okay, like I was saying way earlier before we started talking about all kinds of stuff. It's been a very long week for me and I've been very hangovery this week. So I had to reach out to my historical fiction group on Facebook to try to come up with a book in which they are, they are great with their recommendations and you should shout them out. What's the name of the group? Historical fiction. Oh, it's just called historical. I don't. That's creative. Yeah. (laughs) We're not a very creative bunch. (laughs) Although straightforward works. (laughs) Right. I never have to guess what they're about. That's true. And so this week I read The Sea Wife by Amiti Gosh, Which I
0: read too. So I'll be Oh, have you. That. Have you read
2: it? You guys can talk to each other about it when she's done. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is basically about a relationship, a husband and wife relationship. And I think they live in Ohio. Is that right, Donna? Ohio? He's think, from, no, yeah, uh, they, like in the
0: mid, yeah, in the Midwest or something. They somewhere. live in
2: Connecticut. They lived in Ohio mm-hmm. and they moved to Connecticut, I think. Okay. Because they live off the sea. They have to live off the sea. I
3: was going to say, Ohio
2: (laughs) is not known for its sea. Well, the husband's from Ohio originally. And he talks a lot about um, when he's younger, they have a boat. And he goes out sailing with his dad and stuff. And that's like one of his favorite memories. So um, as a husband and wife with a new baby, they're kind of like struggling in the relationship like a lot of new parents do just because of all of the different responsibilities and yada, yada, so on and so forth. And also, um, Michael, who's the husband, and Juliet, who's the wife, are very different people. Michael's a very staunch Republican, and Juliet does not share in his belief system, which is a little bit of a problem, but not hugely. I mean, you see a lot of it like when they're disagreeing But other than that, not too much. And Juliet also um, is suffering a little bit from depression. Um, She kind of had a difficult childhood that she talks about briefly. And having her own kids kind of brought up feelings from her childhood that she's trying to deal with. And um, so she has that going on. And then with the kind of rift that's happening between her and her husband, um, it just makes it for like a very difficult time period for them, I think. And uh, so Michael comes up with this idea that he wants to buy a sailboat. He, one of his best memories are when he used to sail with his dad and he wants to share those memories with his kids, which they have two by now, by this time, and his wife. And he's hoping that it'll help, you know, kind of bring them together and help their communication and so on and so forth. So they buy this boat and they decide to sail it down to like the Bahamas and Jamaica and stuff. Actually, I think they fly to... The Bahamas or Jamaica or something, and they buy the boat, or they're going to sail it around for a while, and then back up to Connecticut. They're
0: like taking a year off yeah. out of their lives.
2: Yeah, for like a year. Wow, that's and, a commitment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this book, like, kind of is written as like flashbacks because it's written in the time of that they're on the boat, and then also in like the present time where something has happened to Michael, but you don't know what. And it kind of plays out until you find out what happened. It was an interesting book. It was well-written. I enjoyed the story. I think the ending probably could have been a little bit better. I didn't quite care for the way that they wrapped up the ending of it. I don't know. It kind of just ended, didn't end with a real bang. Did you think the same thing, Donna? Yeah, it kind of,
0: you know, once you find out what happens to Michael, yeah, it just sort of, it goes on a little bit too long, I think. Right. After that but mm-hmm. I mean it's I, I thought it was good and I mean it's a portrait of a very complicated marriage like you said right two very different people and it's written it's written in the present day by Juliet and then you read the captain's logs that Michael kept during during you know the voyage and how how different they are how, how different their perceptions are of like how things are going right and you know
2: and one thing that I really uh, liked about this book which at first, it kind of threw me a little bit, but then I kind of liked the way that they did it, where, like, Juliet would be, like, mid-thought, and then all of a sudden, it would shift to Michael's thought and be, like, something completely different. Like, it kept... It was almost like both of them talking at one time to you. Uh, mm. are you Did you do the audio? I did the audio, oh, yeah. Okay. But, I mean it was it was a very different way of writing and i i think i i liked it i like the very way that t- they did yeah, very distinct
0: voices i mean which is hard to do mm-hmm. did, is this a book where she spent like the first third of the book sitting in the closet
2: yes yes yeah because <laughs> she's trying to deal with things and that's one of the ways that she deals with her depression is she goes and she sits in the closet like like goes in the closet and like shuts the door hey whatever does. that's it for like you. her quiet time yeah. her time to regroup Especially if you're a parent. I mean, just ask Sarah for (laughs) more. Yeah, I was going to say it made me think of Sarah who hides in the closet. (laughs) She's
3: got a bunch of little kids running around and she
2: wants to go on the call. She goes and hides wherever she can. Mm -hmm. And some of it is written from the little girls, their um, their daughter's perspective, which was kind of interesting. It was kind of neat to hear her perspective, too. I mean, it was really well written. I enjoyed it. It was a good story. The only reason why I would not give it a five star was because the ending kind of ended in a whimper instead of a bang. And that was called "The Sea Wife" by Emidy Ghosh. and yeah, I would, I would think you would probably like. That. I mean, it's not romancy, so I don't like
3: romancy. Yeah, that's for sure.
2: Is there a mystery involved? Meaning, you don't know what
3: happens to him, or
2: well, you don't know what happens to him, more. and also there's a little bit of a scandal going on with the way that he buys the boat, too. Oh, okay. So, you know, it's not
0: dull or anything. Things happen, but it's really
3: more a portrait of their
0: relationship. relationship,
2: Yeah.
3: Relationship books.
2: But it's not (laughs) relationship as in lovey-dovey. It's about it's about a marriage. And it's a real I mean, it's a real look at a marriage because marriage is not perfect. I liked it. It was actually a really good read to get me out of my Halloween hangover. Awesome. Because it was completely, totally different than any kind of Halloween read that I would have read.
3: That's usually what it'll take for me is to find something so completely different from what mm-hmm. I was reading to like reset me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Dive in, baby. <laughs> You're going to be disappointed in my pick, but I am (laughs)
0: because I I know you tried to read it and put it down.
3: Oh, that's okay. I love hearing other points of view about mine. All right, go for it.
0: Um, The book I wanted to talk about weeks ago, it's called Leave the World Behind by Ruman Alam. It's R-U-M-A-N-N-A-L-A-M. I think it came out about a month or so ago. It's been nominated for National Book Award. It's getting a lot of buzz. I really liked it. It's a novel and, you know, it covers a lot of different things. I mean, it, it, it talks about racial and class tensions. I mean, it's it's a dystopian novel, but not really in the traditional sense. For one thing, I mean, it's set in the present day, which I think is kind of frightening that a dystopian novel can be set right now. You know, usually they're into the future, but that's kind of where we are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the novel involves this family of four it's it's two parents and they're two teenagers they're leaving for a summer vacation um they live in new york city and the parents uh their names are clay and amanda they've got really good jobs but they're very middle class which in new york means you're kind of poor i mean you know they yeah. live in like a really yeah. small brooklyn apartment with their two teenagers um but I, th- I think the wife had just gotten a promotion so they decide um to take a vacation towards the end of summer so they rent this really beautiful airbnb you know this beautiful house on airbnb um, on long island which and near the beach so it's kind of the remote part of long island uh, long island um, and
3: <laughs> long island <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> um, the first few chapters just kind of talk about you know their their drive to the house and settling in and just you know enjoying their first few days in the pool um, but you kind of get a feel, real feel for them and who they are. Um, but the second night they're there, there's a knock on the door in at night, and there's an older African-American couple standing there. And this couple tells Clay and Amanda that they own the house and that they had, had been at the symphony in New York City, and the city had lost power, and they were too afraid to go back to their apartment, which was like on 24th floor of an apartment building and you know electricity out and they didn't think they could get up the stairs so they decided to drive out to this house which they say is theirs and see if they can just stay in the mother-in-law apartment and it's really interesting because at first clay and especially amanda don't believe that this black couple could own this beautiful house even though they're like you know east coast liberals you know proudly east coast liberals you know they just think how could this older couple own this, you know, essentially almost a mansion? Um, But eventually you find out this is their house and and Clay and Amanda reluctantly agree to let them stay there. Um, But that's when things really start to get very weird in this book. Um, So the house still has power, but they lose their phone service and internet and the TV is out. And there starts to be a lot of little hints that whatever's going on out there is way more than a power outage, that that there's something really awful going on, but they don't know because they're completely cut off. And, you know, you kind of get to see how helpless we are when we lose our technology. Um, everyone is just, you know, they're just like paralyzed because they're afraid, you know, they talk about, should we go back into the city or, but we don't know what's going on. And they can't get, No, you know, they can't call anybody. They don't know what's going on. They don't see news. They have no internet. And, you know, there, there's just like this chapter, which doesn't sound like much, but it really is. Like the Clay decides to drive into tent, this little town that's nearby to go get groceries. But he doesn't have a GPS anymore. And, you know, driving in, he used the GPS so he didn't pay any attention to where they were driving to and he gets so lost and it doesn't sound like a big deal but he hasn't he has no idea where he is or how to get back and even though he might just be a few miles away he can't find his way back and you know he's just gets freaked out and he can't call anybody and he can't you know and he just keeps driving and hoping he either runs into the town or gets back to the house and eventually he does but and again, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but you know, it's that is just a big little, deal. little way that you're depend- so dependent on something that you don't even realize it.
3: Well, I'm here to tell you that, that that's why I quit reading this book because my anxiety went into overdrive about the time that you knew something horrible was going to happen. And it was not a good time for me to start reading a book yeah. like that. I was just, there's too much. So I was like, nope, not going to do it. Yeah, and, let and, me- and when you describe the GPS thing, I didn't get to that part. But I'm mm-hmm. really super glad that I stopped reading it because that kind of stuff really freaks me out. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I have no sense of direction. And until the advent of the GPS, I got lost all the freaking time. Me
0: too. Well, I have an incredible sense of direction, but now that I use the GPS, that's disappeared. You know, I mean, it's it's something that you have to use. And when you don't use it, you lose it. And, you know, I used to be able to tell exactly where I needed to, you know, because I paid attention when I was driving. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. now I don't do that. You know, if I'm going someplace I don't know, I just turn on the GPS and, you know, half the time I couldn't make it back because I wasn't paying any attention. I was just following the GPS. So it's, yeah, it's a common experience, I think. Um, you know, and like you said, some other weird stuff really starts to happen. Um, and again, this doesn't sound that frightening, but this, I think this guy's such a skilled writer. They were, they are sitting around the house one evening and there's these series of loud booms and they know it's not thunder. They know it's not, you know, a sonic boom from a jet. It's just, they know it's something really bad. And in the way he wrote it was really frightening. And there's, you know, there's a lot of little scenes he has about how like animals and even kids to a certain extent know something's wrong before adults do. There's just something more instinctive, especially about animals. There's a couple scenes where he writes about animals and really odd things that they're doing where you're just like, oh my God, you know, because um, again, he's very skillful at dropping little hints, just little tiny hints about stuff that's going on outside of this little house, or this house where they are. And, um, but it's, you know, it's still very, you're kind of in their position because they know something's wrong but they don't know what it is and you know something's wrong but you don't really know what it is either so um and i think some people are disappointed because it's very obtuse you know i think there are people that don't like this book because it's not wrapped up in a bow and you know everything is answered but i still thought it was really well written and you know the characters were well written and. You know, sort of the feeling of dread that comes over you while you're reading it, you know, was really legitimate, at least for me. So I would recommend it, but maybe keep an open mind that it's not going to be your traditional dystopian type novel where you're you're clued in that, that, you know, what's going on.
3: It kind of reminds me a little bit of now that you've explained a little bit more as to what it's really about. It reminds me a little bit of Future Home of the Living God by Louise Erdrich, um, because yeah, she never explained. That was one of the things I really hated about that book. I loved the book itself, the writing style And a lot of the things that actually happened in the plot, but I was left so unsatisfied with a lack of explanation for what was actually happening. You Mm -hmm. know, the details about what was happening, it drove me to distraction because usually in a dystopian novel, you get an explanation for what's going on, usually way more than you ever would want. Mm -hmm. And uh, it sounds I'm really glad that I didn't keep reading it because that drives me crazy too.
0: Well, and to me, what's kind of interesting about what happens in this book is, I mean, I think another thing he's, he's writing about is what do people do when something really bad happens? And in this book, it's like nothing. They just sit there. And, you know, whereas like a lot of dystopian books you know they they travel across the desert to get away from the xyz zombies. <laughs> yeah <laughs> these people just just
2: hunker down up in a ball
0: and don't do anything because they're so helpless without any communication or they talk a lot about doing stuff but they don't really do anything
2: see that's more like the real world to me though because like if there's a dystopian zombie apocalypse i'm not going to be out there with a freaking gun shooting zombies in the head i'm going to be you know down hiding in the closet (laughs) with my blanket that's that's exactly where i'm going to be cookies
3: i'm just glad i got lots of soup yeah (laughs) i'm gonna be huddled up in my house eating my soup Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is so much more frightening, Donna, when you think about being cut off, not having a phone, not having electricity, not having any way to contact your loved ones. I mean, it's seriously frightening. And that sense of doom, I really got so early on in that book, and I just couldn't handle it. Not right now. (laughs)
1: like no. (laughs) You know, I wonder, too, it almost hearing you say that, Martha, it almost um, back when 9-11 happened and all of those poor families who were trying to get a hold of their loved ones. Right. And yep. things like that. It kind of brings up because even though thankfully i didn't have anybody i knew there other people did and just people just felt so helpless because they couldn't reach people and it almost sounds like that's sort of the i mean i was on the fence about reading it honestly it was um it was one of the book of the month choices last month and i didn't get it because i just i didn't know enough about it but after hearing the review uh, it definitely went on my TBR to get next one. So. <laughs> it sounds really good. Because it does, it sounds so ominous of like, what, what it, it would sort you of do? Yeah, it sort of does read like a horror novel
3: in the beginning. Yeah, You know, it's got that severe feeling of dread that just, because it starts out so normal. You know, this regular family is going to a guest house or, uh, you know little little mini vacation just to get away from it all and and something horrible starts to happen and it's just that ominous feeling it and he does such a masterful job of going there without really even telling you what in the hell is going on and I just I was just like well clearly he did because (laughs) he incited enough anxiety in
1: you that you stopped reading it and
3: it takes a lot to freak me out and I was done I was like nope it makes me want to read it you you would probably it really does you'd probably like it it doesn't have it doesn't have a lot of supernatural Mm-mm. stuff in it at all it's more character based but it yeah i was i was like nope i'm not doing this
1: <laughs> you will
3: i know <laughs> i was being a weenie so
0: did you um- like it donna I I gave it five stars. I loved it. And I, you know, the next, after I read it, I finished it late one night. I stayed up till like two in the morning because I had to finish it. And I just kept thinking about it the next day, which I think is the mark of a good book. You can't stop thinking about it and, you know, mulling it over in your your head. So,
3: yeah. Hmm. Awesome. What was the title and artist of that again? Leave the World Behind by Ruman Alam. Excellent. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Rachel right well book of the month deliverin because that book that donna just reviewed was one of their books and um the book i'm going to review is, was selected by them too um so this is a contemporary fiction as well it's called the last story of mina lee um and the author is nancy juon kim i'm probably saying that middle name wrong um our main character is marco And Margot grew up in roughly the L.A. area, um, but she's been living in Seattle for the last few years. Well, her mother, who immigrated to the United States from Korea in the mid to late 1980s, they have a little bit of a strained relationship. There's even a language barrier between she and, and her mother, Mina, because minas primary language is korean and she never really wanted to learn english or anything but um Margo, who was born and grew up in the united states does not speak very much korean at all so not only is there a language barrier but also Margot is a bit resentful of her mother for a lot of different things you know they she grew up poor um Mina was a single mom and that you learn a lot about that story um, because when the story opens, Margot is driving with her friend back to California because he's gotten a job there. He's kind of like her gay best friend. Um, and he's a part of the story throughout and they have a really good relationship. Um, so one of the things Margot and her friend are going to do is stop by Mina's apartment because Margot's not been able to get a hold of her via phone for a couple weeks. And when Margot goes into her her apartment, she finds uh, Mina dead in the apartment. And so then it's up. Margot gets a feeling of something's not quite right, right? The police rule it an accident and things, but Margot's just not quite sure. And there are just things that she starts to piece together as she's going through the apartment that they don't seem quite right. And it starts to sort of open this door of how well did she actually know her mother? And it was a really, really, I think, good book. And it, it jumped. So the the chapters jumped. So the chapter was either narrated by Margot at, during present day or Mina. And Mina's voice started back when she arrived in America, in I wanna say 1987, around about that time. And Mina's voice starts in the 80s and takes you up to present day. And Margot is always in present day, but the book ends right at the same time with it. So the author did a really, really great job. Um, And I listened to the audio as well as following along in the book and the audio, was very easy to follow um, with it. It was, it told you exactly who your narrator was and what time frame it was. And you're just, you're with Margot this whole way as she's discovering things, not only about her mother, but about herself. And I thought it was a really, really great book. I will say this, I think the book was well-written. I did not care for the narrator. I just think the narrator could have been better who read it. Um, but if so I was glad I had the physical book to look along with it, but it wasn't terrible. I mean, it wasn't anything that I couldn't listen to for sure, but I would recommend it. I mean, I gave it, and this is another beef I have with Goodreads, um, is you can't give half stars. So I gave it three and a half stars, um, which in my opinion is a good rating. Um, it it was good. It kept my attention and, um, you know, especially for contemporary fiction, I, I would recommend it. I think it was good, especially if you, you know, are a mother or a daughter and you kind of have a little bit of that. It, it just it makes you think a little bit of how well do I know my mom or how well do I know my kid um, and sort of how to bridge that gap. So, uh, again, that was The Last Story of Nina Lee by Nancy Juan Kim.
0: There's, there's really a lot of great Korean fiction coming out it's really interesting I, I don't know if any of you read Pachinko which was so good and
2: that was on my TBR
3: for a while and then it just sort of got pushed aside by a bunch of other
2: I read that one Pachinko? I never reviewed it but really? I read it mm-hmm.
0: it was really good it's a long book but it was really good yeah. and The Vegetarian which is really weird but...
3: I tried to read that but
0: <laughs> that was really I don't really... know there's just a lot of interesting Super Korean strange. writers out there now mm mm-hmm. mhm
3: I'll agree. I can't think of any specific, I know I've read a bunch recently, but I just can't think of any specific examples.
1: Yeah. It, honestly, it was really good. And kind of like um, it was a bit of a, a palate cleanser from what I had been reading all October, but it still had that, that push a little bit of, a little bit of a mystery, but it was more so her uncovering that story, but it was really well done.
3: One of the things that I tend to do when I get super stressed out and being that, you know, we're quarantined, we got all this other stuff going on politically. I tend to go to space because I feel, you know, it's, it's almost like science fiction and the idea of the future is my deity in some ways. I feel small when I read about space and when I think about space. I think about the ideas um, that are the future. And so I feel very comforted by that, oddly enough. So I read a lot of books that are set in space over the last month or so. And the one that I'm choosing to tell you about today is called Six Wakes, W-A-K-E-S, like wake up. Six Wakes by Muir, M-U-R, Lafferty. This is a really interesting sort of mashup for different types of genres okay so you know that I like layered books I like things that sort of have more than one thing going on in them and this is takes place in space but it's also a locked room mystery because at the very beginning of the book you start to see the different characters wake up and well actually one character is already awake she's naked and covered in blood and all of her crewmates have been murdered, but she doesn't remember what the hell happened. Or She, she has the memory of dying, but she doesn't know who killed her. So she wakes up. And, but the way this works is they're out in space and they have clones. And the clones are basically their replacement for when something happens to them. And they're able to to keep going for their space mission that way. So basically, whoever has done this killing of the spaceship crew has killed all the extra clones. So they each just have the one and they've sabotaged the ship. So the ship's computer is one of those all powerful AIs that has control over the ship's movement and has all of this basically control over their lives and the food system, for example. So when they start to wake up and things and they're trying to figure out this mystery, they realize that the ship's food computer was hacked and it will only produce hemlock. Is that like alcohol? No, hemlock is poison. It's a poisonous oh, okay. plant. Sorry, Poisonous yeah. plant. And so that's the only thing that there is. And that you, you realize that that's how some of the crew members have died, is from eating this hemlock. So they're trying to fix the ship. They're trying to fix the life support systems. They got no food. They're having trouble with the life support systems. The ship has changed course. And they can't get the computer to respond to them at all, because whoever did this totally hacked the computer. So they're they're trying to solve a bunch of different problems at the same time that they're trying very hard to figure out who the culprit of this crime was. And it did a double duty for me, because I love mysteries so very much. And I love stuff that takes place in space, I love all the sciencey bits that go into it. I don't understand about half of it, but I really like it and enjoy it. And this was just really the kind of book for me. I didn't give it five stars or anything, but it was just super enjoyable to me. It just sort of made me think about all kinds of things and just provided lots of super crunchy entertainment for me. It was called Six Wakes by Muir Lafferty.
2: And I gave it four stars. And I highly enjoyed it. It makes me think of Star Trek. When you're talking about all the system failures and everything, I mean, Star Trek had a lot of episodes that that happened. Yes, yes,
3: yeah. But it had a lot of really, really cool stuff. The way that the mystery sort of progressed was super interesting and cool. Probably much more so than any other book that I've read in this type. I should have almost given it five. It was really good. I really liked it a lot. I would recommend it to anybody who likes science fiction, because
0: it, it almost—it almost sounds like a futuristic, closed space mystery. Like yes, they all stuck a in the closed space, door mystery. Know.
3: Exactly, that's exactly what it was like. You had no idea who the killer was. You had um, the woman's memory of being killed, but she doesn't know who killed her, and all these other people were also killed. So nobody knows who got killed first, and they're basically stuck out here in space with nothing to eat. And nobody, it was just really cool the way that they worked through the process of trying to rewire, you know, certain parts of the ship in order to make a food generator out of something else. Hmm. They were like stripping parts from different areas, trying to fix things and sort of working together. But at the same time, everybody was really suspicious of one another because nobody knows who the real killer was. It was excellent. I really liked it. I thought it was just great. Made my tail wag. Made my space tail wag. Hmm. <laughs> my regular tail is wagging quite a little bit today, too.
2: That's a good day. That's good. Yeah. At least it was a good ending to this very long, it shitty week. It
3: really was a long, shitty week. <laughs> There's just no other way to put it. And I was off, too.
2: Yeah. I was well, off the-
3: Wednesday through, um, through Friday. I ended up having to do work today and tomorrow because one of my part-timers lost her front tooth and was lisping you can't make that up i'm serious that's what happened
1: (laughs) how the hell did she lose her
3: front tooth i don't know she's got some you know when you get a uh replacement tooth
1: no i got all my real ones (laughs) well i mean like
3: when you're a kid and you get a tooth knocked out knocked out no i think it's an implant an implant something something happened when she was young that she got her front Um, tooth knocked out and and now she has to ah. have that replacement tooth but without it she lisps and if you're a radio announcer you can't work (laughs) you can't work if you can't talk so (laughs) i had to work today and tomorrow so it's all right at least i can do it from home so it's all good
0: yeah, true. Yeah, you'll have to knock one of your teeth out so you can take some more time off. <laughs>
3: and then I could go work for the carnival. <laughs> that's not,
1: that's not. I think you can only have. No, I'm not going
3: to say it. <laughs> you can only have three teeth left in your head if you work for the carnival.
1: <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Sorry, You're sorry, carnival quota.
3: workers everywhere. We don't mean to diss you, baby. It's all right. Forget I mean, that I said that. That really wasn't. That was
2: insensitive. It's, that's a great reason that's the great thing about being the editor is you can cut out the stupid shit we say oh uh, yeah i know i cut it I also sucks out the show
1: what'd you say donna <sighs> are you going to completely edit me out of the show then no <laughs> i think you did a fantastic job i said it also sucks being the editor because then you have everybody's texting like martha i think i said this one thing could you go ahead and cut that out
2: you, you know it's
1: funny because that never <laughs> happened in the beginning But now it does.
3: But now it happens all the time. Because we're so comfortable with just talking about anything. We just, you know, blather on about whatever. And then we get in, you know,
2: after the fact, thinking about. You're like, ooh. Yeah.
1: Then I can't have, it and we're like, ah oh, shit.
2: Can't have everybody listening a Did <laughs> you go back and edit some of our back warning. episodes? <laughs> there
3: are actually some things that we do cut out that are too inappropriate oh. for this podcast. And yeah. you would not believe Maybe someday if we ever do a Patreon account.
1: I was going to say you should save cuz last I week I save them I, every week. I save Donna I'll tell you this Donna. She cut out, she cut out a lot of gold last week but <laughs> she had to. That would be an amazing Patreon at the if you could do I that. I cut out a lot
3: of really funny stuff last week. Yeah. We um, definitely
2: have some blooper wheels. We made and it was oh, so, it was so fun. fun. Oh, we
3: had such a good time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did I listened you? to last week. I can't believe
0: there's anything you cut out of it. Oh, there oh, was. Oh, there, there was. was.
3: I know. It was, it was, yeah, it was bad. And and you take that and you add a bunch of other stuff on. Yeah. And tequila shots. Yeah. We've we were was on fire last week. We are some and
1: dirty girls. Vani was just lobbing them and I was catching. I mean, it was Those great. two are the dirtiest
3: women I have ever known. Get the two of those together in a room and the, and the dynamic changes and they just go. It's hilarious.
1: <laughs> it was good stuff. Oh, before I forget,
3: we, gotta, we have to shout out one tribe member in particular who always chimes in on our conversations, but is not able to join us when we do our Friday night chat. Her name is Anna Jenko, and she is from Slovenia. Oh. Yeah, and she's always she always comments. She does. Yep, yeah, she's I been a member her. of the tribe forever, and I don't know whether she just can't time difference. Maybe well, she it can't. Could be time difference. Could be not getting access out of her country. I don't know what the deal is, but. But I did want to give her a shout out because she always says, I would really like to join, but I can't. So I want to make sure that we give her some love, some book girl love. And, yeah. and if you're able to join, you know, we welcome everyone coming on to the chat. We will not haze you too badly. We usually don't. It's
0: Not as muddy as this this podcast. No,
3: we end up just talking about <laughs> books mostly. We don't talk about we don't talk about. Sometimes books. we do. Sometimes we do, but it's pretty rare actually. We, we we actually keep it pretty structured, and everybody talks about, you know, what books they read and whatnot. And we have a we have a nice group of, of women from all over the country and all over the world who just get each other we really do we're a tribe we get each other
1: it's very supportive you know because i think whenever we started off it's how's everybody doing is there anything anybody needs to talk about whether it's like struggling as a parent or with work or with COVID stuff. So I really appreciate that about the tribe members that, I mean, it's, it's very much a supportive environment. And I've noticed this too, the group checks in with each other, like, Hey, how are you doing on that? Or where's the follow up with that thing with your job or with your kid or with all that stuff. So it really is a community thing. And like Martha, like you said, anybody's welcome and it'll take you a, a few like, times to get all the inside jokes but you'll get it eventually you know
3: and and we did start it because of the COVID lockdown that was the reason that it came to being in the first place
2: yeah because we can't do we can't do our live events right now so we can't connect with any anybody who wants like talk to us one-on-one or we can't talk to the people that we want to talk to about books so we started this this tribe and it's just grown to people who might not even have come to our live event. I know, it's great. And it has become a community. It really has.
3: And it just makes me feel so
2: good that everybody's making
3: connections, deeper connections even really. I don't know. It's it's just so hard to find friends in this world and I'm just so thankful for everybody. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna cry now. I don't think I could have gotten through my kid going away to college without the tribe. Mm-hmm. Aww. Aww. It was it was a hard time for me.
3: It's just amazing to me that there are people out there like me who love books as much as I do and who read as much or more. Holy crap. Keith, that girl, yeah, Jesus, she reads, <laughs> she reads as much as you do. She reads way more than I do. She's well over 300 for the year. And I I'm know. only, she's, a,
2: she's at
1: least 400.
2: And I'm only 200. That's crazy. For the year. Yeah. She I can't is, believe
3: anyone reads more than you do. She does. Yep, she does. And there are people that don't read that much who maybe, maybe get a book a week in, especially because, you know, people are busy, they have their lives, but they also want to make a connection with people who understand books. Hmm. So I took,
0: I dropped my dogs off, you know, when I went out of town to the vet, you know, they boarded them. And when I picked them up, they had each other's collars on and I'm wondering what's going on.
2: (laughs) I wonder if they did it
0: to try to, you know, trip me up or...
2: (laughs) it's kind of like twins that like let's swap clothes no one will ever know
3: and especially it's especially funny because they're different colors yeah, what, right.
2: what kind of dogs you were leo oh <laughs> what kind of dogs
3: my mistake there aren't they uh cocker spaniel mixes
0: yeah, cocker yeah. Spaniel
3: mixes. it was just so funny
0: when i got him home i was like
3: wait a minute all
1: <laughs> right i've been calling you the wrong name all these years <laughs> <laughs> Wolf. At least it's not your kid. Be like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, uh, I decided um, apparently when I visited Martha the, last week that um, I was going to be like a sly girlfriend and yeah. just leave some of my stuff there. She was a sly you girlfriend. Know,
3: There's shit all over my house that's Rachel's now.
1: I know. There was. And I did it without even knowing it, but little does Martha know next time like, I come, I'm not leaving. Oh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have my own toothbrush and I have my here's my charger. Oh, there's my
2: sweatshirt. What is a coincidence! It, is that the toothbrushes <laughs> that are in there? Yeah, Rachel. Right. Well, so, no, you,
3: Martha, you put those there for I us. Did, I did. I gave them toothbrushes because oh. I'm just that
1: kind of a host. She hasn't found the other stuff yet.
2: <laughs> she has
3: not hidden. Would that be the uh, the filthy condoms? Uh huh. you didn't throw those out did you rachel be careful
1: when you pick up those wrappers
3: condom wrappers that i found in the bedroom in there
1: (laughs) yeah little surprises you left everywhere okay well yeah so we were there two nights so there should be 12 of them so
2: you know oh my god it's like easter egg
3: hunting i'm like gross
2: god damn and i think on
3: that note that's gonna do it
2: for three Three book girls. girls
0: can't get enough of three book girls check them out on facebook twitter and instagram and join the group three book girls tribe on facebook if you really love them share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events three book girls a steel trap production